I have a word for someone here while I was getting ready this morning. I heard Holy Spirit say, I want you to give this word. And it's this. Someone in this room very, very recently said, God, I am mad at you. And I am mad at everyone else. I am just about ready to give up. That's what you said. Can I tell you something? Who would be brave enough to say that was me? That was two of you. There's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of you. Okay. See, God knows what He's doing. I'm just going to give you a tidbit of wisdom. Don't get mad at God. Okay? He is not the object that your anger should be put toward. The object of your anger should be at your adversary. Amen. So we're going to look at that today. Hallelujah. Okay, for you eight that raised your hand, can you repent so you can hear this lesson? You say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm going to point my anger at the right person. And that's the devil. Amen. Okay. The lesson today. You know, it's just been swirling inside of me for weeks. And as I shared with a minister what was inside of me, he said, well, that's what I'm ministering on Sunday. Amen. And then I shared with a, a lay person, and he said, well, I'm preaching that Sunday night at my church. So this is a word from God, okay? This, if you will listen today to these words, it will change your life. Who wants to be changed besides me? I want to be changed. This message will revolutionize you if you take it in your heart. Now, in Exodus, don't turn there, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, you find that um, God has called Moses to go get his people out of the land of Egypt, the land of bondage, the land of trials, the land of hardship, the land of absolute captivity. God had called Moses to go get them. And Moses asked God a question. What is your name? Who do I say has sent me? What does God say? I am. You tell them, I am has sent you. Hmm. So here's the deal. What we're going to talk about today is, I am who I am says I am. You got it? Let's get it to some, to some rhythm here. I am who I am says I am. I am who I am says I am. I am who I am says I am. One more time. I am who I am says I am. Can you burn that in your heart? Are you hearing those words? If God says you are, then what? You are. I am. God, did you say I am this? He says it. Okay, I am. 
So the problem is we have a thief of identity. Amen. Do you understand what's going on in the outside world right now? There is identity theft going on big time. I've got a friend that lost her mother. Within three weeks, somebody was using her identity. Somebody stole her identity. Some of the methods these folks use is they'll go out and dig in the trash. And they will look around until they find documentation of identity, and they have stolen that person's identity. Can I just tell you who has stolen your identity? The devil. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief has come but to kill, to steal, and destroy. He dug around in your trash. Listen to me. He dug around in your trash and he found documentation and he stole from you your identity. Oh, me. Ouch. So how do we prevent this? How do we keep this low-level snake, this toothless thing that thinks he's so big, and we think he's so big because he has stolen our identity? You see, the problem is we don't know who we are. And because we don't know who we are, the devil can come along and just insert a little thought and then all of a sudden that thought sprouts and all of a sudden you become that thought. When it's not in the will of God. Are you hearing me? He's very good at the stealing of your identity. Let's look in Genesis. You don't have to turn there. Genesis chapter 1. You find the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit having a conversation. And the Father God said, Let us make man in our image. And so you read along a little ways and you find where God did exactly that. He made a creation. The angels didn't even know such was on the drawing board. They were all curious about what was happening. And they wondered what this new creation was going to be. And lo and behold, if it wasn't a being that was made in the image of God Himself. And He put Adam and Eve in charge of the whole tamale, the whole planet. He said, go, I give you dominion. Take it, take it, and you go and subdue this planet. The authority and the godlikeness was imparted into His creation. And then in the third chapter, I mean, this was in chapters 1 and 2, and then in the third chapter you find an amazing thing. You find a snake slithering up to Eve saying, Yea, hath God said. He didn't mean that, Eve. He knows that if you eat that fruit He told you not to touch, that you will become like Him. 
excuse me, she was already like him. You see, she didn't know her identity. She didn't know that she was like the Creator already. And so that seed of doubt was planted in there and she responded to the doubt instead of the integrity of the character and the Word of God. You say, oh, she was a stupid woman. Well, you know, when you point your finger out, how many point back? Three. Three. So we can't really lay the blame on Eve, can we? Because we do the same thing, don't we? Ouchie, are your toes getting stepped on like mine? <laughs> we do exactly the same thing. She was already like God. The, the devil come and said she wasn't. She believed that instead of the Word of God. Do you see that pattern? It hasn't changed at all. Now let's just slip over and look at Gideon a minute. That's in Judges chapter 6. You can turn there if you want to. Judges chapter 6. Verse 12. Now, the deal was Gideon was hiding and he was threshing wheat for food, right? He was hiding from the enemy. And he's minding his own business, trying to get some food. And the angel of the Lord, in verse 12, appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. You can read it yourself. Gideon said, huh, Time out. Excuse me. Is there another Gideon around me? Are you talking to another Gideon? The angel had just called him a mighty warrior. But Gideon said, Not me. Not me. I mean, look here, angel. I mean, Lord, I'm, I'm part of the Manasseh tribe, and we're the weakest out of the twelve. And out of the weakest of the twelve, I am on the bottom of the barrel. I, I, I'm, I'm on the bottom. You can't be talking to me. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. What was Gideon's problem? He had an identity problem. You understand? An identity problem. He didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. And the Lord said in verse 16, I will be with you. You will go down and strike the Midianites. So there's a promise. Do we not have the same promise? Is it not in Scripture that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Did He not say that? Is that the truth? Who's lying? The devil. God has never left you, nor will He ever. 
you go on and read this story, and over in uh, verse 33, the key to Gideon's success is in verse 34. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. There is the key to your victory. I'm going to tell you folks something. You think you can beat the devil with your own strength, you are deceived. But if you figure out who you are as a born-again child of God, and if you're not born again, you'll want to hurry up and get born again this morning because this is good stuff. If you will get your identity in order and say, you know, I am a born-again child of the Most High God, and I have Holy Spirit in me, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Well, if He lives in me, I can conquer anything. Hello? When this temptation tries to come to me, I don't even have to fight with it. I just say, I'm a son of God. I don't do that. Go away. How hard is that? When sickness tries to come on us, how hard is it to say, I'm a child of God. I don't need that. Go away. And I'm not saying we all do it right every time. No, we don't. We all we all fall short. We all trip up. We all make mistakes. That's what the wonderful blood of Jesus is for. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to His holy name. Let's look at one more person. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. Dale and I went to see the movie last night, The Nativity. It was most excellent. Maybe when it gets out on DVD, it can be brought in. Luke chapter 1. Oh, let's start with... um, I get myself mixed up because I look in the message, then I look in the New International here. Okay, verse 28. The angel is talking to Mary. He went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, for she was said to be barren, in her, and she is in her sixth month. For nothing, you burn this in your heart, for nothing is impossible with God. Now listen to Mary's answer. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Amen? You think, well, that was Mary. I'm me. That was Mary. It won't happen like that for me. Can I tell you that when God speaks a word... If you would, instead of automatically rejecting it and saying, I'm not worthy, that's not possible, it's never worked for me. If you would get that stuff out of your head and respond just like Mary did, then God would be able to overshadow you with the Holy Ghost and the word that was spoken to you would be birthed. Are you hearing that? Instead of saying, oh, I, 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 no, I can't receive that. I mean, Holy Spirit, I know everyone in this room has spoken to you. I know He has. I have no doubt that not one person has been left out of this room that has not heard the Spirit of God speaking to you. And if you would respond... May it be to me as you have spoken. I know one time, and I've never shared this, but way back there many, many, many years ago, I could could take three hours telling you my life history to that point, but I'm not going to bore you. I just tell you, I was... Born again, I was new in the things of God, but I had lots of opportunities to overcome. And I was in my car coming to Snyder. I lived out at uh, about 10 miles out in the country. And I was in my car coming to Snyder. And I was going down this little road, and I began to worship God in the Spirit. Amen. And the glory of God came in that car. Literally. And I am worshiping still in the Spirit. And I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I am going to set you in high places. That's all I heard. And I said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And from that point forward, all I could see was the favor of God on me. My business that was about to fold flourished. I was invited to be officers in different organizations. President of the chamber, doing this, doing that, on this board, on that board. But that wasn't all. It just kept escalating. I can't believe the favor of God. But do you see? I could have said, Oh, Lord. Oh, no, I'm not worthy. I mean, Lord, see see my life. It's a mess. Do you see that? But I'm so glad I said, Yes, Lord. I'm not going to work out details. I'll just walk in the Spirit. You 
see, all I have to do is walk in the Spirit and let Him work out the stuff. Amen? I mean, God's been good. It, it didn't come without opposition, may I say. But I'm telling you, God has been good to me. Because I received His Word. And that's not the only Word, but that's just an example. If I, I honestly believe if I'd said, uh, no, Lord, you're, you, you're in the wrong car. It must be a car over there on the other highway. I, I would not have been blessed like I have been blessed. Amen? You say, well, what's that got to do with me, sister? I'm telling you, the, the, the anointing, the Holy Spirit is overshadowing you. And He is going to speak to you very specifically. And now you're going to have a choice. Do you know who you are? Are you going to receive His Word? Or are you going to decline gracefully or even not gracefully? You see, your outcome determines if you accept Him or not. Amen? You remember... um, I started out with an identity thief digging around in our trash. You see, he's good at doing that and bringing up stuff. When we have no business as born-again believers listening to the devil's lies. Amen? So our, our key thing is to learn who we are. Well, how do you get him to stop digging in my trash? Well, thank you for asking. I'm going to tell you. All right. I was sharing uh, with a friend of mine in Sonora about this message, and she said, that's what I'm teaching my women on. Are you getting the picture? The Spirit of God is, is moving on this. And he said, the Lord showed me that I was raised out on a ranch, and we would burn our trash. And she said, I can remember as a little girl going out there after it had burnt and peering over into the can that it was burnt in, looking at it and thinking, well, I don't see anything that resembles what it was. And I said, I did that too. I was raised on a farm and I'd go out and we had this big old uh, thing that Daddy had made and he'd burn the trash and I'd go look in it trying to identify things. I couldn't identify anything. Because you see, the fire destroyed it. Okay, how does that apply to our lives? Well, I'm going to answer your question. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn on you. Let Him come down. When you feel that hovering over you, say, Spirit of God, you just get in here and burn the trash. Burn it up. Burn it up. I want the blood of Jesus to consume all of that yucky stuff that I did. Burn it up, Holy Spirit, please. You have my invitation. Trust me. He will do it. Hallelujah. And then when the identity thief comes along and starts digging, what is he going to see? 
Hey, I don't recognize any of this. I can't. Uh, oh, shoot. I'll go find somebody else. Are you getting the picture? Amen. The fire of God will burn your trash. The blood of Jesus will whisk it away. Hallelujah. What does the Word of God say? God takes our sins and He throws them as far as the east is to the west. How far is that? Forever. Never meeting. It also says that He puts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. You see, Father's a very good house cleaner. But we've got to allow Him to be. And the way we allow Him to be is to say yes to what He says about us. So we're going to look at that. The way that we do this is absolutely by adhering to the Word of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit will teach you amazing things if you'll just ask Him. How do we correct our identity crisis? Just as Jesus did on the Mount of Temptation in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. What did the devil do? The devil would speak something and Jesus would come back with what? The Word of God. The devil tried to try to get him to misplace his identity. Are you hearing me? But Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was. And so when this thief of identity comes along and gives this temptation, Jesus can whop him with the Word of God because he doesn't have to question who he is inside. And we can grow into that point. Are you saying we can really do that? Yes, I am. You can do that with the Word of God. You've got to study, first off. I mean, if you don't know the Word of God, He's going to come in and, and twist something and your identity's going to be jerked out. And His identity's going to be put in there. I don't want the devil's identity. I want the, the wonderful Lord Jesus' identity. Amen? You've got to study. You've got to meditate on the Word. You've got to do what the Word says. Give the Word first place. You've got to humble yourself, resist the devil, and he'll take off. And you've got to obey God. And you've got to take every thought captive. This mind is, is like pulled in two different directions all the time. And you choose which direction you go. God's saying this, the devil's saying this. You know, when I was little, uh, they had cartoons with a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other. Well, they're not that little. <laughs> they're big. And one of them's on one side and one of them's on the other. The devil wants us to go this way and God is telling us to go his way. So we We choose. Jesus said in Luke 6:46, "Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say?" Okay? Are you calling him Lord in here and then not doing what he says out there? Hmm? If you are, I'm I'm just going to tell you this, you can mark it down. Holy Ghost is going to jerk the slack out of your rope. 
Because you see, if you name the name of Jesus and you're causing him shame out there, out on the courtyard, in the lunchroom, in your dorm, you are shaming the name of Jesus and Holy Ghost will not put up with it. Amen. Mark it down. We should walk in the fear of the Lord. If you've ever encountered His incredible presence, you will never want to hurt His heart. Amen. The strategies that we can use to overcome the... De- the wait, let me back up. The strategies the devil uses to overcome us is this. The first thing that he does, and this is his favorite thing, is he coaches us to use our senses of see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. The enemy of our soul coaches us to use those five senses rather than the Word of God. Oh, I see my circumstances are not good. Oh, I don't feel very good. Are you understanding? Second thing he does is he twists the truth. He will always twist the truth. He did it with Jesus. He even quoted Scripture. The devil knows the Word of God. He can twist it. Number three, the devil slowly but surely deceives and blinds us to the truth of the Word of God. And number four... He sends hosts of demonic forces to slam us. You better know who you are. Hello? You better know who you are. That was one of the first revelations I got after being spirit-filled was this. Our enemy is so vicious that if it were not for the staying hand of God Almighty Himself, we as human beings on this planet would be shredded alive. He is vicious. But as a believer, the only power he has over a believer is deceit. And then, if that's not all bad enough, then the devil uses other people to wound us. Mm-hmm. I just got a book in called uh, The Journal of the Unknown Prophet. And in a visitation of four different times, this person journaled what Jesus said. And in in one part of it, it says, He was weeping for His people. These are the last days, folks. Who believes we're in the last days? These are the last days. If you're going to be for Jesus, you better start now. But Jesus, His heart was breaking. He said, My people are falling. And the way the enemy is using to make them fall is this. Now listen here. He said, Because my people have not received healing in their hearts from wounds, it leaves a place for the enemy to come in and steal them. (laughs) 
ask Holy Spirit if there's a place in a wound and in your heart that's going to give the devil a key to get in there. If you have one, then you need to get on your face by yourself and ask God for deliverance. We cannot afford to have wounded in our heart. And we may not even know we have it. But Holy Spirit knows we have it because it's hindering Him to walk big in you. Devil knows you have it because he sees it like a light in a dark place. He can see that thing to haunt in on it. Have you seen... uh, in? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch boxing. I've just seen a couple of times of it. But I know what they do. They pound till they find a weak place. And then they go unmercifully until their opponent's knocked out. Well, that's the way the devil does. He, he knows we have a weak place and he'll start doing this until we just say, I give up. Are you hearing me? This is serious. I don't want to fall away from the heart of God. So let's clean our hearts. Let's make sure Holy Spirit is able to get in there and clean that out. Now, the devil will always encourage us to walk in pride just as he did. Hello? He's good at that. And you say, well, I don't walk in in pride, but then when you go back to your bunk, you're full of self-pity. Well, self-pity is just on the other side of the coin of pride. It's one and the same. Okay? Number seven, the devil will always use the principle of sowing and reaping to his perversion. You see, he knows how that works. So he'll plop his little seeds of nasty in our, in our minds until it, if we don't recognize it and get it out, it'll, it'll sprout and, and bring up a plant. And then the plant's going to have some fruit on it. And it's not going to be good fruit. And the number eight is, get this, he always encourages us to believe that God is not enough. You understand that? He makes us think somehow or another our God is not big enough to do what we need him to do. And I'll tell you how I came by these eight things. The other day I sat at the computer and I said, God, I need to know the strategies of the devil. And here they are. I'll read them again. He coaches us to use our senses instead of the Word of God. He twists the truth. He slowly but surely deceives and blinds us to the truth. He sends hosts of demonic forces to slam us. He uses others to wound us. He encourages us to walk in pride just as he did. The devil will always use the principle of sowing and reaping for his perversion. And the devil will always encourage us to believe that God is not enough. So you say, well, sister, how do I know who I am? Get your word out and and look and see who you are, okay? I brought you a list just to prime the pump to get it started for you. And everyone will have one before you leave. First thing is, God says that you are loved by Him, John 3.16. Do you ever feel like you're not loved? Then who's lying to you? You 
are loved. You are loved so much that you by yourself is worth more than the whole earth of gold, silver, riches, gems. All of that's nothing compared to you, God says. He loves you more than the whole world. So anytime you feel like you're not loved, you say, devil, get out of my ear. I am loved. And I'm so intensely loved that God sent Jesus. What did I just do? I quoted the Word. Number two, you are, God says, forgiven. Colossians 1.14. Number three, God says you're saved by grace through faith. If you're born again, yippee. If you're not born again, you better get born again before you walk out of here. Because this is good stuff. Because God is good. Amen. Number four, God says that you are delivered from darkness. But you know what the devil does? He comes along and says, you ain't never going to get over that. I tell you, you're not. You're just always going to be right there, just like that. Hello? How are you going to respond to that lie? God says, I'm delivered from darkness. Get out of my ear, devil. you got to get vicious with him. If you really want to give him some torment instead of him tormenting you, how about you torment him? Tell him, you know what, devil? Uh, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here. How about you just look at the cross a minute? Just put your eyes on the cross. He doesn't like that. And then you can say, Oh, and you've reminded me of my past, which is under the blood of Jesus. I have no more trash. But how about you? What about your future? Your past ain't too good, and your future's worse. Come on now. Tell it like it is. Is his future good? As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, is your future good? All right. So who's going to win? Duh. you got to get it in perspective. Hallelujah. I've got a whole list. You can go ahead and start giving them out. Down at the bottom... You might just let them half and half and pass them down. Down at the bottom it says, God has given us Holy Spirit. God has given us the kingdom. You know the Word of God says it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. No joke, sis. I thought he was trying to withhold it from me. No. He's trying to get you in a position to give it to you. Hello? You see, we got this thing all backward. We think we have to be good enough to get saved. Duh. We'll never be good enough to get saved. Who was good enough to redeem us? Jesus. So all we have to do is say, Jesus, would you be my Lord? I've messed it up. Would you be my Lord? I believe that you were born by a virgin called Mary. You walked on this earth and you were crucified. You poured out your blood for my sin and now you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. Would you just come and be my Lord? 
Holy Spirit goes in and does the supernatural. He births our spirit. Woo! And then Father said, Oh, child, I've been waiting for a long time for you. Come on in, son. And now you can go right in the throne room. Hi, Father. I'm so glad I'm your kid. Amen. Who wants to keep you away from the presence of God? The devil, because he used to be right there. But he made a grave mistake. He let pride get in him. Don't let pride get in your heart. He's given us his name. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. I even like saying it. Jesus. I couldn't say his name until I got deliverance. Did you know that? I'd have a devil cast out of me before I could say his name. I tell you what, the devil's so nasty. He's given us keys to the kingdom. Whoa, that's a good one. I got keys. Who would like keys to this place? (laughs) Well, you got keys to a bigger place. You have keys to the kingdom. What is it you have need of? You have a key to open the door and receive. Amen. He's given us His armor. Well, that's good. That's good. His armor's good. It's nothing of our own doing. It's His. He puts it on us. Breastplate of righteousness. Helmet of salvation. Oh, give me the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. And you know what the Word of God is in in the original language right there? The the Word. The spoken (laughs) Word. So you get the written Word down in you and let it speak. Hallelujah. He's given us His angels. That's a good one. That's real good. He's given us His blood. He's given us His Word. And He's given us His promises. Would you say we are without excuse? I would say we have no excuse but to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I would just ask that, Lord God, You would just absolutely zing Your life into each and every one in this room, O God. I would just ask that the Holy Spirit would give us revelation of who You are, that wonderful hope You've called us to, the inheritance You've got in waiting on for us, Lord. And let us, Lord God, experience the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Lord, let us know You as we are known. Lord, may we truly say with the Apostle Paul that all that was there and in the past let it be the past but let us press on and know Jesus thank you Lord for your mercy thank you for your grace hallelujah oh we love you Lord we love you Jesus Holy Spirit we love you come come and bring life bring freedom Oh, put a passion. Lord, for the ones in here that have not been hungry enough, I ask that hunger just overwhelm them for the things of the Word and things of Your Spirit. 
For the ones that have been on the outside looking in, I would just ask, Lord, you give them the opportunity to receive Jesus. We love you, Lord. Father, for the ones that are already on fire, I would just ask you, give them more. More, 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 more. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you let someone pin the words that it was your good pleasure to give us your kingdom. So we say we, we receive that with joy in our heart and by faith, and, and we just receive all of who you are. In our wonderful Lord Jesus' powerful name, amen. Amen. There's someone here with a right wrist problem. Who's that? Right wrist. Come up here and I pray for you. While he's coming up, is there anyone here that said, You know, sister, I think I would like to get born again. I'd like to make Jesus Lord this morning. Is there anybody? Well, the Lord bless you. You want to go ahead and play 